Thank you, worship team, for bringing us the presence of the Lord. Thank you so much. Well, it's not Sunday, it's Wednesday. Yes, you are seeing me here. Pastor asked me to fill in. He had some business to take care of. And as his assistant pastor and as his friend, there's no way I would say no. And so here I am, and here you are, and here we go. Amen. Let's open in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you. You have no rival. You have no equal. You are good and we love you. You're good and we need you. You're good and we bless you. We want to dwell in your presence, but we also want to feed on your word this evening. Lord, I want to confess, apart from you, I can do nothing. It's not my word. It's not my gifting. It's not my anointing. It all comes from you. So let the word go forth. Let your grace be upon me. Let your anointing be upon me. And let all that you wish to establish in this room this evening be done according to, the na- according to your word and according to the name of Jesus. We say this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you have a, a Bible or if you have a, an app, and if you'll turn to Psalm 103. Either my eyes are getting dimmer or the words are getting smaller. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so here we are. Psalm 103. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed his transg- our transgressions, I'm going to do that again. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. Wow. He knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. 
The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Amen. Well, we're going to get into a few things. Um, but first, I want to ask you a question. How many can, re can relate to walking into a room and forgetting why you're there? How many people it takes three or four trips going back and forth into the house before you can actually get out, actually go to work? Uh, you know, sometimes things just hit us at so many different things. It could be stress. It could be just things going on, and you, and, and you, and you, 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 you just get this brain fog, you know. And I remember going through it last week. There was just so much going, coming at me, so many different things. And, um, and it, took, it took me three trips to get out of the house. I drove down the road, had to turn around, go back, and get the other thing that I forgot Drove to work, opened my bag, and I forgot my dinner. And I was like, wow. And I, I just knew that, you know, I was going through something, and I'm, and I'm like, I, it, it's just, it's brain fog, it's brain fog, it's brain fog. I'm, you know, and, um, but it happens. We're human, and we forget things. And, you know, it's, and here we are. We're entering into a busy season. We're entering into the holiday season. So if things aren't crazy yet, things are about to amp up just a little bit more. You know, so uh, here we are entering into this, into this season. But Psalm 103, tell, is, it's a call to the believer to refocus on the goodness of God. You know, it doesn't matter what you're going through. You know, if we keep focusing on what we're going through, that's going to overwhelm us. What we're going through, we're going through. What we have to do is focus on God. And so the psalmist is saying, listen, bless the Lord, O oh my, oh my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. Let, let's take it for a second here. It says, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Well, when he says, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, that's where your emotions are. And guess what? If that's where your emotions are, that's where your trouble is, right? Because trouble brings what? It brings emotions. And so I may be going through something, and you may be going through something, but the psalmist is saying to you, listen, stop. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And all that's within me, trouble, anxiety, fear, doubt, depression, anger, unforgiveness. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? You think, well, in the condition I'm in right now, I really can't praise the Lord. No, the condition you're in right now is the best time to praise the Lord. So, you know, we, we disqualify ourselves from the presence of the Lord because we're more in tune with what we're going through instead of in tune with who he is in our lives. So the psalmist is trying to shake us and say, hey, psh, 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 psh. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And all that's within me, bless his holy name. So if you're hurting today, well, there's confusion in life. Well, there's things going on around you that you can't handle. Good. You're not supposed to handle them anyway. Your problems are his problems if you'll give them to him and let him take care of it so that you can bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Amen. Amen? And so I like this, that 
there are things we have to understand. Sometimes in the midst of our troubles, the first thing we do is we forget God. It's the first thing we do is we forget God. I'm going through this. Okay, I'm going through this. Okay, all this trouble in my life. All this is happening. All this person. Oh, I can't meet this need. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, my, you know, my, chi my, my child's going through this. Oh, the world is going, I mean, the world is going through things. And so we're, we're trying to, and I don't know if, if, if you're like me, but I'm trying to keep in tune with what's going on in the world, especially Israel. You know, okay, we got stuff going on in Europe, yes, but Israel, that's a lot more important than what's going on in, in Israel. And I'm, you know, so, I mean, so you're trying to stay in tune with all that's going on around the world, in your home, in your job, in your own heart, in your mind, in your spirit. Whoa. So all of this is going on, and the first thing we do is we forget God's in the midst of it. The Bible tells us that the Lord is an ever-present help in what? Time of trouble. And so the first thing, when things go on, we try to fix it. Instead of let it be and press in on the Lord and let him fix it. And so the psalmist is trying to shake us and say, hey, stop. Bless the Lord with everything that's in you and everything that's going on and all that's around you. Bless his holy name. And so Psalm 103 is a call to the believer to refocus on the goodness of God. Now, I like what it says here. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all my inmost being, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I like that. See, we can forget not only God, but the goodness of God. And so it's saying, listen, there, there's all things going on in our lives, but it's just stop, refocus on the goodness of God. Tell him how good he is, and then not only that, remember the benefits of serving God, the benefits of having a relationship with God, the benefits of calling out to God, the benefits of trusting God, the benefits of waiting on God, the benefits of hearing God. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You know, it's not that we, we serve God because he's a task, like he's his taskmaster, and we serve him, we get nothing out of it. We serve God and we're blessed because of it. We love God and we're blessed. We've been saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit. The blood of Jesus cleanses us of all sin. There's so much to be thankful for. There's so much benefits from serving the Lord. And I like benefits. Think about it. When you came to the Lord, there was a benefit to it. What's in it for me? I get forgiven of my sin. I get to have a whole new life. I get to start over. My past is my past, and I start a whole new. That's a good benefit. So there's a benefit, and it sounds awfully selfish to say, well, what's in it for me? But the truth is, if we're, if we're real with one another, the fact of the matter is anything in life, we look at it and we say, well, what's in it for me? And so here we are, 
And, it's, and so the psalmist is saying, hey, bless the Lord. I'm blessing with everything that's going on in your life. Good, bad, ugly, whatever. Bless the Lord. And then he's saying, listen, forget not all his benefits. So with so much evil happening in the world, it's more important to focus on God and his goodness. You say, well, th that even in itself sounds selfish. So I'm supposed, so everything that's going on in the world and people are suffering and people are dying and there's wars breaking out and there's poverty and there's famine, there's sickness, there's all people are, so I'm supposed to like say, well, I got it good? No, that's not what I'm saying, nor is it what, I'm tr what, what the scripture is trying to say here. What it, what it is is that with so much evil going on in the world, we can focus on the evil, and if we focus on the evil, what can happen is, is our hearts become drawn to evil. I begin to take an opinion. I begin to point fingers. I begin to pick sides. Now I have to have discernment of what is evil and breaking through a fence and murdering 1,400 people in the capacity that happened in Israel, that is evil. Amen. And I have every capacity and right to call that evil regardless of who agrees with me or who does not. I stand on the side of Israel. And I have compassion on those who are suffering in Gaza because of the wickedness of wicked people. So there are innocent people in Gaza, and I have compassion on them. But I do not have compassion on those who did, who perpetrated wickedness on God's people. I have no compassion for them. And so we can see that there's evil in the world, and, and we cannot be consumed by that evil. Or we can, we can, what happens is we, we can become fearful of what's next. Because we're hearing all these rumbling. There's all this maneuvering going on. We're, oh, oh, are we next? Is this going to happen? This is going to, you know, and we can become fearful. And so my security and my peace and my strength is found in my relationship to God. Amen. And your security and your peace and the fact that you can find the calm in the midst of the storm really depends on your relationship to God. And now more than ever, it's important to, to strengthen your relationship with God. Because as, as it says in the, in the end times, perilous times are going to come. I don't know about you, but that perilous doesn't sound like a good thing. And it sounds like a fearful thing. And it sounds like something that will shake us to our core. And so if this, if it's going to be, if, if we're thinking, everybody's looking at the new year like, oh, things are going to, when is things going to get better? When are things going to get better? What happens if they don't? What happens if they get worse? Who's going to have the peace of, the, of God, the assurance of God, the word of God, to be able to teach people who don't know God about what's going on in the world so that they can get a revelation of God and maybe turn to God. Amen. But if we're all walking around fearful and confused and all, so the people of God need to secure themselves in God, lift up their voice, shut off the world, bless his name, and bless his name, and 
enjoy his benefits. Why? Because if I can enjoy the benefits of God, guess what? I can give them to someone else. Right? And so it's not like, oh, I, 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 just wanna, I just want the benefits of God and I want to keep them for myself because times are evil and, well, I want to get through this. No, I want to get through this so that I can help somebody else get through this. And so it says, so with so much evil happening in the world, it's more important to focus on God and his goodness instead of man and his depravity. So the first thing the psalmist tells us is to do is to tell God how good he is. That's what bless the Lord, oh my soul is. It's to tell God how good he is. How many times in our lives does it change our day when somebody recognizes something good in us? Or if we do a good job? It's rare as you get older. or as It's rare. Or even when our kids thank us for something. It changes the course of our attitude. How much more our Heavenly Father when we stop and we go to him and say, thank you for your goodness. Thank you, as we did today. Oh, the cross. We thank God for the cross. We thank him for the blood. We worship God for what he's done for us. And so it's important for us to do as the psalmist says here and tell God how good he is in the midst of all of man's depravity. That's what bless the Lord means. Bless the Lord means God, I'm going to tell you how good you are. And the next thing the psalmist exhorts us to do is forget not all his benefits. Listen, when you go for a job, you don't go for a job and say, listen, I don't really need the benefits. I don't want the benefits. Lunchtime, you can hold on to vacation time. I don't need sick time. I don't need, I just want to work. Said nobody ever. Or if you have, I hope you have medication. But truthfully, we all look to have our lives secured with benefits, right? I work a good job. My job provides good benefits. My job provides time off. I'm here tonight because of that. But there are, things, there are benefits to, to our job, and, and it's, it's, it's okay to seek out benefits. And it's okay to seek out benefits from God. There's a benefit to my relationship to my heavenly father. There's a benefit to it. And so this, the psalmist is telling us, forget not his benefits. Look at what they are. He forgives all our sins. He heals us. He saved us when we were at our lowest. Right? I mean, look what it says here. Who redeemed your life from the pit. The pit. So when you were at your lowest, when no one wanted nothing to do with you, when, when life seemed to be all on top of you, he redeemed you and pulled you out of the pit. And so he saved us when we were at our lowest estate. He saved us from hell. That's a benefit. Especially when we're going to spend eternity in heaven. That's a benefit. He crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. He provides you with times of renewal so that you have strength to endure trials and hard times. 
So you can soar above all, you can soar above the circumstances that hold you down. That's what it means when it says, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. You can, God can give you strength to endure, not only give you strength to endure, but give you strength to rise above what's going on in your life. That strength renewed like the eagle. I'll take that. And so we see that there's benefits to serving the Lord. Now, for time's sake, we can only look at two benefits. And so benefit number one, as we see here, where it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, bless his holy name, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins. It's beyond our comprehension to grasp, to grasp that God has truly forgiven all our sins. Because sometimes when we sin, we think that's, that's the limit. That's not the limit. It's hard for, for our finite minds to grasp the concept that God truly forgives all our sins. Past, present, future. Our sins are covered under the blood. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ was sufficient enough to cover all our sins. The blood of Jesus covers all our sins. The sacrifice that God provided through his son Jesus Christ was sufficient enough to cover all our sins. There's a song that Giovanna sung, I have it now on my phone, and it, 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 it astounds me, where it says, one, just one, just one found worthy. Think of all the people in you, in you, from man, in mankind, from Adam to this very present time, only one was found worthy, the Son of God, sinless, and then willing to offer himself as a sacrifice for my sins and your sins and the sins of the world. And so it's hard to comprehend and to grasp that God can, has truly forgiven all our sins. And really what it comes down to is if you, try to if you try to think about it, it's not about trying to contemplate if God, it's really an act of faith. Amen, I like that. Yeah, it's really cool. Thank you. It is, it's an act of faith. Because if you sit there and think, well, no, that's not faith, that's doubt. It's either he has forgiven all my sins or he hasn't forgiven all my sins. And if he has forgiven all my sins, when I do sin, I still have relationship with God in my sin. You say, wait a minute. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. And so we have to take a look at sin in our life. Now, if you're stuck in a habitual sin, well, then there's a, there's a situation here where we pray and, oh, I'm not going to do it again, and we do it again. We find ourselves on the, on, the, on the mouse wheel. Well, you have to kind of stop the mouse wheel and say, okay, this isn't working, God. How do I get this to work right? Where do I go? Who do I talk to? Who will you send? You know, because 
if habitual sin is really sin that even though it's confessed to God, it's not, you're not allowing yourself to be open to others who have victory where you do not to be able to give you wisdom to be able to get out of habitual sin. Do you understand what I'm saying? But it still has that word sin in it and, it's, and God still forgives it. It's that God doesn't desire for you to be stuck in habitual sin. His desire is for you to be set free. His desire for you is to come into community, come in relationship with other believers to find your way out. And so, however you want to look at it, he forgives all your sins. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sin, sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So, we see here that, listen, when I sin, what's the first thing I do? I got to confess it. Now, sometimes we beat, we, we're not quick to confess, so what happens? Condemnation comes in. Then shame. Then guilt. And all of a sudden, I find myself further away from God than I really desire to be. And so when we find ourselves that we've sinned, then quickly we have to, for, we have to ask for forgiveness and quickly be restored. Well, how do we quickly get restored? The blood of Jesus. That's what cleanses us of all sin. See, and so... If I, if I wallow in it or if I wallow in self-pity or if I wallow in frustration or if I wallow in, oh, oh you know, again, this, yes, again. But the blood of Jesus cleanses us of all sin. Also, too, this flesh is fallen and this flesh is our enemy, as is the world, as is the devil. And so we, God understands that we're made of dust. He understands our weakness. And it's not something that should drive us away from God, but something that should drive us to God. Amen? And so we have to look and see, we make, we, we make sin out to be like, you know, almost religious. Like, oh, you've sinned. You know how the Pharisees treated sinners. Like they upturned their nose. And, and you know, and, and I can't believe he's he's fellowshipping with sinners. I'm glad that he fellowshiped with sinners. Because if he was like a Pharisee, we'd all, be un we'd all be undone. No, he came, what? To break the power of sin in our life and to relate with us where? In our sins. Whoa. So bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So one thing first is that if we confess our sins, so there's a relational thing. If I confess my sin, he is faithful and just to forgive my sin and then to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. So what? That my relationship with God is restored. Now, how else do we, what's the benefit of, of 1 John 1, 9? The benefit is I still can commune with God even though I've sinned. See, immediately when we sin, uh, uh, human nature is to hide. Well, that's, that's the garden. The cross broke the curse of the garden. So I can either act like I'm still living in the garden or I can act like the cross has asked me to act and bring myself to the cross and to confess my sin and to find forgiveness of sin. And so the, the benefit, what's the benefit of 1 John 1 9? It says I can still commune with God even though I've sinned. I can still talk to God. I can still confess my God. I can still repair my relationship quickly with God. And so that's the benefit. What's the next benefit? 
Well, James 5.16 says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So it's like I was saying to you before, if you're struggling in an area and you're keeping it quiet, you're going to continue to struggle in that area. But if you allow yourself the, the, the vulnerability to go to someone and say, listen, I'm struggling in this area, and I just can't seem to break free. Well, now, when I begin to, when I've developed a relationship and, and I have a trusted Christian friend, a Christian brother or a Christian sister, and I can go to that, men go to brothers, obviously women go to sisters, let's, but if I go to a brother and I say, hey, listen, this is what's going on in my life. What's happening? I'm confessing my sin. And then what happens? My brother is now praying for me in my place. And what does it say? The, the prayer of the righteous is both powerful and effective. It says, therefore, confess your sins one to another. What? That you might be healed. Healed of what? Healed of what's afflicting me. Healed of my guilt, healed of my shame, healed of my isolation, healed of my loneliness, healed of my frustration. Healed. And then given wisdom on what it takes to really be free. Maybe even develop an accountability partner. And so sin is not the finality. Sin has been, it's been dealt with. But sometimes we have to look at our sin and say, well, what's, what's the benefit when I sin? One, I can still commune with God and find forgiveness. What's the other thing? I can find a person in the Lord and I can, I can develop a relationship or ask him some questions. What do you think I should do? Now I'm availing myself to the body of Christ. And if I avail myself to the body of Christ, there's healing and there's forgiveness of sin. So what's the benefit of James 5, 16? I can have real relationship with those who are believers. I can have a real relationship. You remember a few weeks ago, I, I said to you that God didn't save us so that we would just be okay. Remember? And this is the thing. It's, that's what this comes out of is that, look, look, I can, I can either be okay or I can be transparent. And if I, if I allow myself to be transparent, there's, there's hope, there's healing, there's relationship, there's the body of Christ, there's a place that I can go. And so that's the benefit. This, the story is told in Spain of a father and his teenage son who had, a, who had a relationship that had become strained. So the son ran away from home. His father, however, began a, jur a journey in search of his rebellious son. Finally in Madrid, in a last desperate effort to find him, the father put out an ad in the newspaper. The ad read, Dear Paco, meet me in front of the newspaper office at noon. All is forgiven. I love you. Your father. The next day at noon, in front of the newspaper office, 800 Pacos showed up. They were all seeking forgiveness and love from their fathers. He loves you. And though you may run away from him, he'll chase you down so that he can bring you back to himself. So bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Forget not that he forgives all your sins. Number two, he heals all your diseases. I'm not saying it. The word said it. Praise, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. And so the benefit is to our advantage. It always is. That's why it's called a benefit. Otherwise, it would be called a, dis a disadvantage, right? 
but the benefit is to our advantage. And so there's a benefit here that he's saying, listen, he not only forgives all your sins, he heals all your diseases. But what's good, what's the, what's, how do I say this? What's the good of a benefit if you don't take advantage of it? I'm sick. Okay. What does the word say? It says it heals all your diseases. So you got to claim your benefit. Listen, if I, have a, if I have benefits at work, and if I'm sick, and I'm, I, just, I, I just like, well, I'm sick, but um, I don't want to use my benefits. That's odd. That's weird. That's unwise. And in, in the NIV, that's stupid. That's the new Italian version. That NIV. No, it's, it's we have benefits for, so that when, when I'm sick or when, when someone in my family is sick, the benefit not only takes care of me, the benefit is for those in my family. So I don't just have a job that takes care of me, it takes care of my family. So there's a benefit that not only helps me, but it helps those around me. And so the benefit here, it says, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. What's the, what's the use of having a benefit if you don't take advantage of it? Claim your benefit. Put in a request. I'm sick. I need healing. Father, I'm claiming my benefit. And so you have a benefit that God says, I heal all your diseases. It's yours for the taking. We complicate that God wants to heal us when it really is a simple procedure. You said in your word that it's a benefit. I am petitioning for my benefit, and now I'm claiming my benefit, and guess what? It's mine for the taking. What's it take? It takes faith. It takes boldness. It takes, if I, if I see the word and I can transfer the word into how, I, how, I can, how I'm seeing it, then I can transfer it back to God and say, this is how I see this word here, and this word says that you heal all my diseases. Well, if that's a benefit, uh, and it's mine for the taking, I'm going to take advantage of the benefit. Right? Good. Last Sunday, for a few Sundays in a row, I was having really bad back pain, really bad. Every day, at work, at home, waking me up at night. I was, oh, I remember even coming up here first service, and I was a little hobbling. Pastor, pastor said, what's the matter? Man, my back is killing me. You know, and, and I was just, I was taking Advil. I was taking Tylenol. I was putting a bzzz, little buzzer on my back trying to get it loosened up, you know, and I used my favorite cologne, Icy Hot. <laughs> when I was young, it used to be CK1, but my age, my favorite cologne is Icy Hot. Stretching, <laughs> nothing. Sunday second service, I'm standing and I could barely stand. And I, I had enough. We're in worship and I'm worshiping the Lord and I'm having a beautiful time in the Lord. And I stopped worshiping and I put my finger right on the spot where it is. I said, Lord, right here, right here in this spot right here. Oh, it hurts so bad. Lord, can you touch this spot and heal it immediately? Immediately, immediately. And I've been questioning the Lord about how come things don't happen immediately? 
I'm here to testify immediately. I felt the warmth and whatever it was, almost all of a sudden it started to feel like gel. Where it was a hard, felt like a hard rock, all of a sudden it felt like gel. And after it felt like gel, it just dissipated. Amen. Right there on the spot. I cashed in on my benefit. Will you cash in on yours? Right? It's a simple thing. I said, I, I didn't, oh, Father, thou with that. No, hey, my back hurts right here, Lord. Right here. This spot here feels like a rock. I've been at it for days. I can't get, Lord, will you, will you please, not if you, will you please heal it? And immediately, you know, and, and can I say something to you? Sometime in worship, if there's something going on in your life, hey, guess what? It's a good time to stop because the presence of the Lord is here, right? I've entered into the holies of holies. I, I'm, I'm, if the benefit of the presence of the Lord is here, take advantage of it. Right? I did, and I'm not any different than you. I'm not walking around like, well, I'm the pastor, and I'm supposed to be healed, and you're not. No. I'm just as much in this world and the muck and the mire as you are. And if the word of God is for me, it's also for you. And if the benefits of God says he heals all your diseases, cash in on your benefit. Yeah. Cash in on your benefit. It's yours for the taking. We have to deal with this question. Because let's be real. Why do some remain sick and die? Let's talk about this for a moment, okay? Because for some people in this room, this is very real. You can say, well, I've prayed and I've believed, and yet I, either I've not gotten well or my loved one hasn't gotten well. And you can say, but God, this isn't fair. I want to bring you comfort tonight by the word of God. See, we need to deal with this question. In Hebrews 9, verses 27 through 28, listen to this. Just as people are destined to die once and after that fate's judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away all sins of many. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Now let me break this down for you a minute. It says here, it's appointed unto man one time to die. What was Jesus? What was Jesus? What did he come in the form of? Was he appointed to die? Yes. Did he die? Yes. Okay. Why did he die? To break the power of death, right? To rise from the dead as firstborn, right? To be the firstborn among all creation. Why? So that when we die, death does not have a hold on us. For before Jesus, death had a hold on all humankind. After Jesus, who broke the power of the grave, sickness, and death, he broke the power of death. But how could he, he had to do it? How? He had to die. And so we have to see this and put it into simple terms. And the term is this. If it says here, it's appointed unto man one time to die. 
Sometimes it's our time. And God has a greater purpose for you. And he's going to show you his glory. He's going to show you his love. He's going to show you his compassion. But he's going to show you the power because your last breath on earth is your first breath in heaven. <laughs> Death doesn't have a hold on you. It's just an exit. I step out of this world into the next and I'm blown away. And so death is just that. It's simply our time. Now we can speed our time up if we act foolishly. But to put it simply, just as is appointed, just as people are destined to die once, it really comes down to it. it's just our time. 1 Corinthians says, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead in Christ will be raised imperishable. And then we who are, and then we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with imperishable, and the mortal must clothe itself with immortality. Then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So for some of us who are facing death and that lonely road, I want to give you hope that it, will, it won't even be able to hold you. You're not captured by it. Find peace in the Lord. Bless his holy name. Find the grace. Find his presence. Find peace. And enjoy your time with the Lord. And enjoy your time with others. Where you need to forgive and restore relationships, restore relationships. And then, like I said, your last breath here is your first breath there, and death no longer, nor sickness, nor sadness, nor sin has any hold on you. Amen. So to put it simply, death is just one of the many events in our lives. Some of our events are good, and some are not so good. But the fact of the matter is, is to each and every one of us, death will one day be an event in our life. Or Jesus comes and we... And that's another event in our lives. So I want to say to you today, claim your benefit. Claim your healing. You don't really need anyone to lay hands on you to be made whole. If I did it standing over there during a worship service, just talking to God as, if I'm, as, as I'm talking to you right now, and exercising and, and cashing in on my benefit, and if he can heal me, he can heal you. Just take the time to talk it over with him. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, I want to thank you for this word. It's not my word, it's your word. I didn't come up with it, you did, for such a time as this. And Lord, whatever people may be going through in this, in this room, whether it's troubles, whether it's sin, whether it's sickness, 
Lord, I know what you're asking us to do. Stop. Bless your holy name and then cash in on the benefit of knowing you. Let that, let this so touch our hearts and our lives that, Lord, we understand that the benefit is ours for the taking. And may we take it by faith in Jesus' name. Amen.